This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. My apologies for the intro not fading out. I am a... I'm a train wreck right now, people. Listen, I've had a few rough days, um, past few weeks, few days. See, I can't even talk. I'm, I'm brain dead. I, I might as well be brain dead. Uh, send me in the morgue, put a toe tag on me. Listen, I've had a rough weekend. Some stuff went on. I'm not making excuses. I'm here. I'm here to play. Meant to record last night. Was also up to record last night. My garage band, which is what I record this wonderful podcast and decides not to work anymore. It literally won't pick up anything. My mixer, my mic, it won't even pick up its own mic. Can't record anything. So I had, to, I had to download a different program. I'm using Adobe Audition. That's like learning a different language for me, right? It's taking forever to figure this stuff out, how to save it, how to upload it, how to do whatever. I'm a mess right now, everybody, okay? I am a complete mess. Everything's wacky. I usually have notes on the GarageBand. Fuck you, GarageBand. What is going on? I talked to some Apple support lady. She's like, well, she's saying like the most basic stuff. Like, well, maybe it's your mixer. Maybe it's your fucking program. I updated my uh, my computer and obviously uh, it, 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 something happened where it won't pick up any audio. You can't record from anything. No mic. It's not my stuff. It's not my equipment. It's the program. Um, hopefully they get that fixed and I can go back because Adobe costs money. I'm on a free trial right now. So, uh, you know. Uh, yeah, I like to tighten the wall every once in a while, okay? Not every not every weekend's a winning weekend. But let's start at the top of the show. I know it seemed like it was maybe five months ago, but we haven't recapped Sao Paulo yet. I went seven and six on my picks. Pretty good little card for Brazil, you know. Um, Henan Burrell's dead. I, I don't know how you don't beat a guy like Andre Gould, who I think is talented. But when you're a former buzzsaw champion, Henan Burrell, who has some big wins over some big names, and you lose to a guy making his debut... It's a tough look. It's it, it's a real tough look. So, unfortunately, I think Henan Burrell is uh, he's dead in the water. He's dead. So uh, Andre Rue looked good. One little underdog pick on that, and uh, you know the main event is obviously what everyone was talking about. Tiago Santos looked great at two hundred five. If I was his people, I might be like, hey bud, maybe you should stay at two hundred five. You know, it's a good looking division for you. I don't think one eighty five is that big of a cut, but you know, Eric Anders. Big props to Eric Anders. Took the fight on six days' notice. Three of those had to have been traveling and recouping and trying to adjust to Brazil because it's you know not not the closest place in the world if you're from America. So uh, you know he collapsed in between the third and the fourth, third round TKO. Uh, there was a war before that. First round was close. Santos started picking it up and, and landing some big shots, and Eric Anders can take it. Then, you know, the discussion quickly moves. Can Eric Anders rebound from this and, and be a champion in the division? Uh, you know, he needs a lot of work. You know, I credit him and props to him for taking this fight. That's uh, a lot of guys wouldn't have done. It. A lot of guys had the opportunity to do it and they wouldn't do it. And uh, he did it and, and uh, good for him. So I'm not going to spend all, all podcasts on Sao Paulo. It's Conor McGregor fight week, people. So we need to get excited. I'm already excited. It's Wednesday. You know, press conferences tomorrow, and then obviously weigh-ins are going to be an event, and then Saturday is going to be a huge event. Already planned for it. Um, yeah, but I'm going to touch on a nice little weekend for me with the family. Sorry, you know, like I said, I was a little crazy weekend for me. In-laws live in Atlanta. Went to Atlanta. Went to the uh, Cincinnati Bengals game. Incredible win for the Bengals. Came back and won last-second touchdown there to A.J. Green. Who day 3-1. and one. If you don't like it, go fuck yourself. 
incredible stadium. You know, I'm mixed on Atlanta. I'm not sold on Atlanta. You know, it's, you know, I've been there several times. I have family that live there. I've been there for a wedding. You know, it's not my kind of town. It's not, it's not Cincinnati. There's nothing wrong with it. They have everything, but it feels like, you know, everything's 10 miles away. There's nothing's close. Everything's a drive. And then uh, I drove through the night Sunday because my little girl was sick. So I was on like baby up 36 hours, making the seven hour haul and taking her to the doctor and stuff. And, uh, she's all right. She's a trooper. She's, she's hanging in there, but yeah, it was, it was, it was I was exhausted for two days. It took me two days to catch up. So I can only imagine how Eric Anders felt traveling to Brazil. But the last thing I want to add is, uh, I put some t-shirts on sale, AVBG, Alta Vista boxing gym. It's a little kind of jokey, hokey type deal. I got with my friends. We, uh, you know, everyone, everyone knew I was the boxing guy and, um, when I lived with a couple of my buddies, you know, we lived on a street called Alta Vista and, um, people came over and started boxing with us. You know, we started training, we got in pretty good shape. And, you know, after a few beers, we actually had a nice little, a couple of little boxing matches too. And, uh, it was really good fun, but I made those shirts and, uh, they sold like hotcakes. So a lot of people bought them and I want to thank you. And a lot of people, I mean, my friends, every single person that I tagged in a little Facebook post. Uh, purchase one and uh that feel that means a lot and uh i got m- more t-shirts you know in the pipeline ready to come out i just uh need people to buy them that's what it is so let's jump into news right now will be that the classic Stephen brule news clip but honestly i don't know how to i don't i don't know what i'm doing with audition if this is going to be a permanent thing if they can't fix garage band then maybe i'll go with it and uh i'll become a whiz at it but like this is speaking chinese to me right now i don't even know if i'm recording I don't know if this is anybody's ever going to hear this. So, but uh, over the weekend was Bellator. Um, I'm not a huge Bellator guy. I mean, I like Bellator and everything like that. I just don't think they have you know the the craziest set of talent in the world. But I think they're. The, I think well, I'll take that back. They have talent. I just it's it's just another strike force to me. I'm just waiting. I'm salivating for these guys to come over to the UFC. Aaron Pico, one of them. Aaron Pico is going to be a world champion one way or another, without a doubt. That kid is something special. Um, I would like to see him get hit a little bit. You know, the the big thing, what you know, he's been knocked out in his debut or second fight or whatever, he got knocked out. Um, can he take a shot, essentially, is what it is. Good wrestling, good boxing. Trains with um, Terrence McKee, who is another dynamo. I mean, they got a real good thing going over there in Long Beach. But, you know, I'm just waiting for him to come over to the UFC. I'm sure Bellator is going to hang on to him as long as possible. Then you got, you know, made me really, really sad. Uh, Rampage Randy. Randy Wanderlei Silva. Uh, listen, these guys shouldn't have been fighting. It depresses me because I'm thinking about the Chuck and Tito thing in November. It's just Rampage won by knockout. But both these guys are way past their prime, way out of shape. They fought a heavyweight, for God's sakes. Neither man that big to even be fighting at 205. I mean, they went down at 185. It just, you know, it's a name they put on there. I think that's kind of like Scott Coker's thing is like, hey, we're going to put a tournament together and we're going to get these guys that haven't been relevant for five years. But people are still going to come out because, you know, one of them was in the A-team movie. I, I don't like that promotion. I don't like the way they should do it. I think they should be, you know, showcasing stars like Pico more and a guy like Douglas Lima, who I think should be in the UFC. I mean, his brother's in the UFC. He is world-class fighter. Uh, Douglas Lima is. He has all the tools in the world, and, and he needs to be over fighting fighting in the UFC, essentially. I mean, th- there's no doubt about it. He is extremely talented, and it, it's a shame that he's not in the UFC. And then finally, w- w- with the uh, with the – I may not finally. It looks like I got two more things to write down. I'm all fucked up, if you don't know. 
Gegard Masazi, you know, he looked great against Roy McDonald. He looked fantastic. You know, a lot of people are high on him. A lot of people think that, you know, he might be the best 185 in the world. I've seen people tweet out that uh, that Bellator has a better 185 than UFC, and I think they're absolutely fucking nuts. Gegard Musazi couldn't win a title in the UFC, but he wins a title in Bellator. Ryan Bader couldn't win a title in the UFC, wins one in Bellator. You see the theme I'm putting down here? Listen, I, I, I feel like every guy should go out there and get their money. Every fighter should get paid a lot of money. If Bellator is going to pay you a lot of money, then go do it. But do not, you better fucking not even think about calling yourself the best fighter in the world because you're just not. Being a champion in Bellator means nothing. I mean, it means a little. You're the second best champion in a promotion. Now, you got to be something special like maybe an Aaron Pico if he goes and wins 145. Is he better than Max Holloway? Because that's like a young talent who's never fought Max Holloway, who's never been in the big show of the UFC. Gegard was in the UFC, left for money reasons. I believe they offered him a contract and he turned it down to go to Bellator. Very similar to uh, Leo Tomachita. But Gegard doesn't beat the top. He doesn't beat the little Rockholds. I know he has a win over Chris Wyman, but it was kind of a bullshit win. He doesn't beat Chris Wyman again. He's not beating Robert Whitaker. He's not beating Joel Romero. He's just not beating those guys, you know. And um, But he looked good against Rory, who obviously jumped up to 185, who uh, is the 170 champion. And he looked – I like Rory McDonald. I think he is a talented, talented fighter. I truly do. And uh, I, he's ambitious. I like how he wanted to go up to uh, – 185 and excuse me, I'm responding to emails. This is just so inappropriate. Uh, going up to 185 while he is the Bellator 170 champion. They have a Bellator tournament coming up, but to me, he just didn't seem all that great. He didn't seem uh, fluid. He didn't see himself. I'm not really sure what that's about. I know Gagar's good. Gagar's bigger. Gagar has a size on him, but Roy, you know, he's the type of fighter that really doesn't use his size all that much. You know, he's very technical. So I was really surprised to see him get his finished in the way he did against a guy who, as good as I think Gagar is, I don't think he's, you know, top three in the world. Maybe not even top five, I'm being completely honest. But I'm going to play a little game here where it's, let me predict the Bellator tournament because I will give Scott Coker credit. He is... um, that's the one thing that he does really well is he uh, does these tournaments that get people intrigued. I like tournaments. Mark Madness is a big thing. You know, the playoff, NFL playoffs and every kind of playoffs is kind of a bracket-themed tournament. So Douglas Lima fought uh, a Russian guy. I'm not even going to pronounce his name. Very, very talented guy. Destroyed uh, Benson Henderson and Bellator. Both strikers. Douglas Lima choked him out. Looked very good. One of the reasons why I tuned into Bellator Saturday night, but uh, the zone... Uh, I hate that they're making me pronounce it that way. Um, they weren't, uh, it didn't work all that well for me. I know a lot of people say that their service is really well, but just for me, it didn't work. I signed up for the free thing and I canceled immediately after the Lima fight. I didn't really watch, uh, didn't really watch any of the other fights except uh, replays. I just couldn't muster the Rampage of NLA fighters. Really. I wanted to watch the main event, but you know, that's past my bedtime. So Lima wins and he moves on to the next round. He will fight the winner of Paul Daly versus Michael Page. That's a fight that's been in the works forever. Listen, Michael Page is a freak. Michael Page is one of these guys that, oh, they're sounding off the alarms. If you hear an alarm in the background, I don't want to edit that out. That is the uh, the school that's near me. They're testing their, their a fire alarm or thunderstorm alarm, whatever the fuck it is. Anyway, Paul Daly, Michael Page, fight that's been happening 
or signed or whatever forever um, just happens to be happening in this tournament. Winner fights Lima, unless they recede in which they tend to do, which I hope they don't. But uh, I see Michael Page winning that fight. He's going to fight Douglas Lima. Then you got uh, Neiman Gracie versus Ed Ruth. I think Ed Ruth is going to win that. I think Ed Ruth is a very, very talented guy. Um, really good wrestling. Neiman Gracie, a lot of people are high on him. I just, I, I don't know much about him. And, and, and unfortunately, I just, I can't, uh, you know, Ed Ruth is just that good. You know, Penn State wrestler, and, and he's really, really coming his own. And then oddly enough, the champions in the tournament, um, welterweight World Grand Prix, he's fighting John Fitch. I see Roy McDonald just smoking John Fitch. I know John Fitch is a heavy, heavy on top grappler. He's going to take you down, everything like that. Roy, I think... It, after this Gegard loss, he's gonna he's gonna be re- rebound pretty well. He'll win, so that will leave Roy versus Ed Ruth, and then you'll get Michael Page versus Douglas Lima. Um, I'm gonna go on a on limb here and say Page will beat Lima, which I think is crazy, and Ruth will beat Roy McDonald. Then you'll have two young guns. You'll have Page and Ruth in the tournament. <sighs> That's such a classic striker versus grappler thing. I, I'm so high on Ed Ruth. I think he's that talented. So I think I'll have Ed Ruth win it. Plus, you get a great number right now. They're taking some bets. I think he's like a plus twelve hundred to win the entire tournament. Um, he's got to get past Neiman Gracie though, and I I think if he, if he fights the Roy McDonald fights, could be the hardest fight because Roy can handle rat grapplers really well. Michael Page, we don't know enough about him. I, you know, I don't know if he gets past Lima, but uh, I like Ed Ruth to win the whole thing. Believe it or not, is uh, this young in his career? Um, I'm I'm very confident in him. So I just predicted the uh, the goddamn tournament for you. So you're welcome. Put all your money on Ed Ruth. That's what I do. That's what I do for you guys, the fans. The the, the best handicapper in the business, me, is giving you this stuff for free. And uh, you're welcome. So I got I got to close all these tabs, man. I had all these how to record an Adobe YouTube videos popping up. All right. So um, the next up, you know, the, the biggest news story of this week was Nate Diaz brilliantly and i never thought i would put brilliant with nate diaz he um put out a tweet that said um you know i am going to be headlining the madison square garden guard um fighting first ever for the 165 pound title you know blah blah and everyone caught one of it and dustin poirier followed suit and said the same thing you know there's a lot of talk that the ufc puts a lot of pressure on these fighters by announcing a fights before they are announced i don't necessarily agree with that because you're a fighter if fights are in talks, I know you want to get paid your money, and there, there's no pressure. You shouldn't be pressured to fight anybody. You're a fighter. Now, if you come out and be like, listen, I need to get my money right before I sign, that's one thing. But if, if, if it's because, well, oh, they're pressuring me to fight somebody, you're a fighter. Fight the person. Anyway, I love how Nate flipped it and was putting the pressure on UFC because a lot of people don't want that division. I think 165 is a good number, but I think if you go 165, you have to get one rid of 170. You can't have a division five pounds apart because there'll be guys bumping up back and forth titles won't mean as much you got all these guys on the internet and all these mma media who are upset that you can't or that they're giving out interim titles left and right well multiple divisions is basically an interim title in my opinion i mean what what does that mean um just giving interim titles everybody or or championships everybody is just is not going to solve the problem but i love what nate did dana had to come out and say no there's nothing's true about that they're not the main event they did fill the main event, though, and it's a little disappointing. Um, one of my takes actually got ruined. I was going to say it on the podcast. Luckily, well, not luckily, still, it's, it's always fuck you, Garage Man. But luckily, I guess um, I had this whole theory that the reason they're keeping a tight lip on New York is because if Connor beats Khabib, 
convincingly or quickly, then he's going to turn around and fight in New York. I know he likes fighting in New York. It's not as far away as the West Coast is. He prefers fighting on the East Coast and whatnot. But I thought that might have happened. They obviously squashed that because Valentina Shevchenko versus Sajara Eubanks is going to be for the 125-pound title. You're probably asking yourself, who and why is that the main event? You know, UFC puts titles over priority. You know, I think the real main event is Dustin Nate. I think it's a shame we're not getting that for five rounds. Um, you know, Nate only gets better as the fight goes. Dustin's a complete warrior. Same thing with Luke Rockhold and Chris Weidman. It's a shame that's only three rounds. Either of those fights, I think, should have been the main event because the title fight is going to be five rounds regardless. I think they should probably drop the whole title fight gets precedence for the main event type deal. I know it's probably in their contracts because they get pay-per-view points, and if you're in the main event, you're kind of selling the pay-per-view and everything like that. But, uh, you know, I don't really like it, um, but I I do love what Nate did and and Dustin followed suit. John Jones and DC are back at it. Big fucking surprise. They're going back at it. DC's upset with the USADA thing. John Jones only got 15 months. Apparently, in some documents that got released, John Jones snitched on somebody or, or... was accused of snitching. Apparently, it's it's you know that's a bad thing or whatever. I'm in a union myself, and uh, I know um, there's some union brothers of mine that I do not like and that I would snitch on in a heartbeat. Um, but I, I guess I kind of get where they're coming from. This is your brotherhood, you know. You don't rat on people. Blah 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 blah. But you know they went back and forth on on Instagram and and DC is as much as I like DC. He does he just doesn't win these exchanges with John Jones. He just doesn't. You know, John Jones has two wins over him, and John Jones is a little bit better at the shit talking because he's meaner. DC's very intelligent, very smart, but John Jones is cutthroat and he's mean. And I think that's what you need. And, and uh, I, I think John Jones won that. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go to either of their Instagrams, Twitter, social media. I'm not going to read you a bedtime story, I'm not going to read you what it said. Uh, you know, it, it's public knowledge. Little thing, uh, topic that I I've talked about several times on the podcast here is uh, Greg Hardy, who I think is a real piece of shit, and I think there's no one that can dispute that. He won twice on the Contender Series, did not get a contract. The UFC says, "Listen, we're going to get a developmental contract, and we're going to send him out there and get him a couple fights, um, and see if he's ready for the UFC." Right? The UFC heavyweight division needs somebody like Greg Hardy. It's so painful for me for me to say that. But they need a shot in the ass. The heavyweight division's weak besides maybe two or three guys. Greg Hardy goes out and he fights. I do not know where it was at. It was a promoted UFC fight. They tweeted about it. I believe it was on Fight Pass. He fought a guy who was 0-2. He has two pro fights and he's 0-2. Right? Greg Hardy was the second pro fight. Greg Hardy knocked him out with the... Regardless how how brutal the knockout was. He got knocked out before too. A year later. So he's, he's 0-2 as a pro. He's one amateur fight. And he has fought twice, and one was a year apart, both by finishes. And the guy that he got finished by, scrub. No one good. Greg Hardy, this guy went for a takedown, which is what everyone wanted to see. They wanted to see his grappling. Greg Hardy kind of posted on the hand, big, strong guy, and then just hammer fist this guy to death. Guy got knocked out. Greg's a big, powerful guy. There's no fucking surprise there. Big fucking whoop that you won, pal. Um, I'd still like to see him get in the UFC only because I want to see him get just fucking completely smoked. Um, I want to see this guy laying on the canvas unconscious. I, I mean, I really do. I, I don't like him. I don't think he's changed. I don't think he's evolved. I don't think anything he says is genuine. I think he's, and this is me just saying, cause I obviously don't know the guy, but I do think he's a, a genuine piece of shit and I, and, and I want nothing to do with him. <sighs> Rant over. 
And then one of the more exciting news next up here is Max Holloway versus Brian Ortega finally booked for UFC 231 in Toronto in December. I cannot wait. That is a fight that I've been wanting to happen forever. I was devastated when that fight fell out. I'm glad Max is doing better. I'm, I'm hopefully no fallouts from here on out. You know, hopefully he gets his weight under control. If that was the issue, hopefully his brain's okay. You know, I'm a big fan of Max. Hopefully everything is um, is fantastic with him. Go Max. Good to be in the same fight. I don't know who I, I picked Ortega earlier. Now I'm up in my head about it. You know, that we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. And then obviously, I mean, I'm naming this episode Connor Fight Week. There's a reason for that. Conor McGregor is fighting Saturday. Yes, he's back against Khabib. Magra made off. Listen, this fight, um, you know, a lot of people are saying it's tracking 2.5 million buys. I hadn't heard a lot of average people talking about it over the week. I did write an article or blog, whatever you want to call it, on MMATakes.com. I want to check that out. Go ahead and go ahead and go ahead and type in your computer space, you know, go up to MMATakes.com. You don't need the WW anymore. There you go. First one, right there. Boom. Um Listen, when the average Joes are talking about it, that's when you know it's going to be big. A lot of people I've been heard, and you're going to see that fight. You know, these are the guys that can't even name a, a champ in the UFC, and uh, they're already talking about the Connor fight. I love it. I want some more of it. Um, 2.5, I don't think so. If you read my MMA Takes blog, uh, I will. I predict how many buys I think it's going to do. I think it's going to do very well. Uh, spoiler, I think it's going to do very well. 2.5, probably not. And Connor, though, is just such an electric lightning rod that he's been giving us quality sound bites. If you go to the MacLife.com, there's doing interviews. Right before I start recording, I saw he did one with Megan and Levy, The Exchange, which are always pretty good. Megan and Levy is, is, is very talented. She does a good, does a good job uh, with her job. And so, but the one quote that everyone's kind of, you know, I'm sure there's going to be T-shirt. Barstool will come out with some T-shirts. Um the interviewer said a question about uh, promotion, right? A lot of people, including myself, were a little surprised by kind of the lack of promotion a little bit. And Connor had, a, you know, he said, well, if I don't, you know, if I'm only talking, I'm not fighting. If I'm only fighting, I'm not talking, blah, blah, He's like, you know, with all due respect to everyone, fuck everyone. That was really good. I, I, I Again, I had sound bites for this. I was going to put it in the goddamn thing. Garage Band screwed me. It screwed you. It screwed all of us. So I'm sorry about that. But if, I mean, obviously that's a, that's a quote that you can find. It's the, if you go to MacLife.com, it's an interview with, with, with whoever that interviewer is. I don't know. He is maybe hired by Connor, but, uh, that's the news, man. I mean, there wasn't a ton. Everyone's focused on Connor. I'm sure there'll be some after the press conference tomorrow, there will be fans there. I think Connor's going to be ramped up. I mean, they're both cutting weight. So they're both could be a little angrier. You know, I know Khabib said he weighed 166 the other day. I'm sure he's gonna be closer to on a Thursday. He'll probably be closer to maybe 160, one, uh, 159 Connor. You know, I don't think ever Connor's ever really struggled weight except at 145. He's never missed weight at least. Um, so yeah, so that is, that is it. Let's try some new segments. And uh, I, I touched on this earlier, but it's segments that uh, takes that backfired. So I have two. Um, Connor, NYC take. I thought he was going to headline UFC 230. Um, everyone was curious about the main event. Why wasn't Nate Diaz and Dustin Poirier the main event? That could sell. You must be coming over the top with something big on us. You must be, you know, someone's coming in. John Jones. I, 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 I said, I thought Connor, I had it all planned. I thought Connor was going to, if he won smoothly, he'd take that fight. I know he's he, you know he's always in shape. It's a quick turnaround for him, but I think he'd take that fight. I know they uh, it wouldn't have that much time promoting it, but if he wins, uh, you know, impressively on the six, you got a little less than a month. Conor McGregor, they've proven 
doing this promotion that they don't need. It's not going to take a whole lot. You know what I mean? So uh, that was a take about fired. And then the Twitter take I did a couple of weeks ago, I tried to successfully predict uh, John Jones versus Alexander Gustafson for UFC 230. Obviously, that was announced that that's not happening at all. It's going to happen at the end of the year. So for all those guys that commented about my journalistic integrity, my bad. My bad. And then, uh, you know, another here. Uh, so that's it. That's it takes us a uh, segment that takes that by fire. So another segment we're going to do is, uh, you know what they should do? And it's, you know, self-explanatory. And it's, uh, you know what they should do? They should hire whoever is at BT Sports that puts together the promotional packages. They are head and shoulders better than whoever the UFC has hired. They are incredible. If you don't know what I'm talking about, type in BT Sports. Watch any of them. doesn't even have to be about fighting. Whoever that team is over there is is doing and doing doing is doing an incredible job, and uh, it's an English based company, um, and they need to be brought over to the UFC. UFC needs to offer them whatever much money because you share those around social media, you put those out, you get these things out. Bada bing, bada boom, that's a hit. You got you're selling a pay per view, but incredible, incredible, incredible stuff. And another, you know what they should do. <laughs> You know what they should do? They should have John Gooden call more American shows. He's the European uh, broadcaster with Dan Hardy. Dan Hardy as well. They both should come over a lot more. I believe they, I want to say they did something, you know, back in International Fight Week. I got to imagine they were there. I feel like they did like uh, one, at least Dan did. But I think that they're a unique sound. I love me John Anik. I think John Anik's number one. Joe Rogan's number two. I'm not crazy about a three-man booth. They put a three-man booth last year up card. They put Paul Felder, Dan Hardy in there. There's a lot of talented guys up there, but I think John Gooden is a guy that's getting overlooked just a little bit. I think he, uh, I think he's an incredibly talented guy, and him and Dan Hardy work really well together. He's got some swag to him. He puts together some nice pieces as well. He had a nice little piece on Darren Till uh, a couple months ago on UFC Fight Pass. But uh, John Gooden's a very, very talented guy, so... This, you know, what they should do is all about English. I mean, these BT Sports is English. John Gooden's English. Just bring the English over, and that's the show. Whoa, wait, I'm sorry. God, God, man, my brain is broken today. I got to end with a top five. Now, I had to pivot. I had to call an audible because my top five was going to be. Um, oh, if you hear that in the background, that's my daughter. She's very upset. She's very sick too. By the way, she's very upset. I might have to pause and check on old girl. Yeah, I'm going to have to do that. Okay, she's okay. She's all right. Now I'm back. I'm not going to edit that out either. I'm not going to edit that out. You know, I want to be, I'm a caring dad. I want to check on uh, old girls. So, full disclosure, was going to have top five Connor clips, post the clips in there. I've said it once, said it many times. I don't know what I'm doing with Adobe. I got to learn, you know, I'm going to pick it up if I have to. Um, so, I'm going to just do top five Connor performances. Um I won't get any, you know, producer awards of the year for podcasts. Gotta be a hell of a production if I could put a put what I want to do together. A lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of elbow grease. So top five kind of performances. Number five is actually be Nate Diaz two. Um, Nate Diaz one, he looked good too. He obviously gassed out in the, in the second performance. I don't think obviously was his best. Nate is a horrible matchup for him. However. He dug deep. We saw a five-round Connor that we haven't seen before. We saw a guy that can't put a guy away. He dropped Nate several times. Nate was hurt. And uh, Nate came back, and, and Connor fought smart, used his brain, stay composed, and, and won a decision. I know a lot of people, you know, Nate in, in particular, Nate fans don't think Connor won that decision, but he absolutely uh, certainly did. 
Number four is Chad Mendez. He won the interim title. He took the fight on 11 days notice and had a knee blowout. Most of the fight, Chad was wrestling and stuff like that. Connor finished him. Connor showed a lot of heart in that fight. One of my favorite all-time pitchers ever is between round two and three, I believe. Connor's waving him on. It was a, it was a fantastic performance by Connor. And um, yeah, that's number four. He won the title on that. Number three is gonna be Poirier. Before he became champion, I believe this is his fourth or fifth UFC fight. A lot of hype. I don't know if you know if he was the co-headliner. He was like the third act on the main card. And Dustin Poirier, as we know, is a complete animal. And uh, Connor slept him in the first round with a beautiful, beautiful left hand that that put him out and he finished him. And, and that to me, that really launched Connor in, in the stratosphere to me because I, I just know how good Dustin Poirier is. Number two, Eddie Alvarez. Eddie Alvarez has been around the world. He has fought everybody. No one's ever done what Connor did to Eddie Alvarez. He put his hands behind his back. He knew what Eddie was going to throw. Eddie looked slow. Eddie couldn't take his shots. He made Eddie fight outside of his game plan. Eddie has came out and admitted that, that he, he fought dumb in that fight. He apologized to his coaches. A lot of that was the leading up to mental warfare. Connor won both his belts. Or excuse me, he won the, the 55 belt after you know, 45. He was the champ champ after that. So um, incredible performance on that. You know, if you walk back that fight, it's a two-round fight. Eddie is, we all know Eddie's a complete warrior. We've seen all his fights, the Justin Gaethje fight, the Dustin Poirier fight. And uh, just Connor was just too much, too much power, too much uh, timing and speed as well. Number one, it's got to be Jose Aldo. I mean, you slept the best, the best featherweight in the world in 13 seconds. After all the buildup, after all the world tours, after all the pulling out, you finally got in the cage. You finally fought. Connor looked supremely confident. Came in there, cracked him with the left counter, left hand, and slept Jose Aldo. No one's ever done that. Max Holloway's beat him, but no one's ever put him out like that. So um, <clears throat> that's the top five. That's the show. It's we're keeping it short and sweet. I'm going to uh, this one's going to come out on Thursday. On Friday, I'm going to have a pick'em show. I am going to pick every single one of the fights. Successfully, I'm going to give my full Connor breakdown. I don't want to get too much into the politics and all the bullshit because I have a lot to say about the actual fight. And we'll see who wins. And I will see you guys Friday. All right.